Welcome to the Real Deal of Parenting podcast with Abby Johnson and Regan Long. This show covers all things pertaining to motherhood with authenticity, insight, and a healthy dose of humor with topics from a Christian perspective, ranging from the everyday challenges of raising kids of all ages to high profile issues and current events facing families. There's something for everyone. We've got a great new episode planned for you. So let's dive into today's show. All right. Good morning, guys. We are live. Happy Tuesday. I am joined by the lovely Johnson girls this morning. (laughs) Abby and I are so excited for our guest. And we are, our our triple screen here, we're coming to you from Florida, in Virginia, in North Carolina. So we're we're hitting up all the East Coast (laughs) followers this morning. So, um, Abby and I are really, really excited because we are, we are pumped. We are pumped. <laughs> and although there's no relation between these, these beautiful Johnson girls on the screen, this morning we are joined by Kate Johnson. And she is a registered nurse, a wife and mother. Her and her husband, Benny, um, are no strangers to they are they are household names. They have taken many stages. Um, They are wildly popular in the conservative world. And we are, we're so excited because this, this beautiful woman, she just lines up with Abby and I's morals and beliefs. And we're like, yes, we're so excited. And because um, she's also, I, I like to deem her as this guru in health and nutrition, and she comes up, you, you've got to follow her on social media. She and we're gonna dive into this. She posts these incredible like meals and workouts at home. And Abby and I have 13 kids between us. So it's like, wait, what? What should we do? Like tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so Kate, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. I, I just love both of you so much. And it's really an honor to be to be joining you today. Kate, I even like got out of my pajamas for this. Like, just for you. So I was like, you know, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and like get dressed today, like since we're having Kate on. So I even like made the hotel bed behind me. So like I'm really I'm really stepping it up here for Kate. So that's right. Thank and your hair your hair looks amazing. I'm like like regretting that I didn't. I like to come through my. I'm <laughs> really fancy today for you. Yeah, but Abby's one of those people. She'll like roll in and she'll be like, "Oh, I'm still, I'm still in my pajamas." But yet, like Abby looks good no matter what. She just <laughs> no, that's not true. Sometimes I look like hot doo doo on here, but <laughs> I, you know what? I show up every week, so. It's <laughs> Well, I think that is the essence of, of like motherhood, right? Is it like you just keep showing up and just do whatever it <laughs> looks like. Yeah. And, and, you know, so we're going to get into a few things. But so I have to say, you know, before I met Abby, I kind of tooted my own horn when I would meet people. I'm like, you know, you can like I can talk to a mom at the park or the grocery store somewhere like no clue who they are yet like three minutes in, I'm talking about like my labor and deliveries with them. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like one of those things, but I'd always kind of feel like, so man, oh, I have five kids. And 
And they'd be like, oh my gosh, really? And then I, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm like this warrior of five kids. And then I met Abby and Abby has eight kids. And yet I'm all like high strung and anxious over here. And Abby's just like, so like cool, calm and collected. Like Abby can just take on anything and, and manages her kids great. And so I love big families. And then we just come to find out like totally blew us out of the water that Kate is one of 11 children. Yeah, that is, yes. that is crazy. So like, before we get into like life present day, you just, you have to take us through that because we actually do have quite a few big families that follow us. And there's something just feel good about that anymore today. Like, I just love big families. What was that like growing up? Well, I'm the oldest girl. So as moms of big families, you guys know that like oldest, like oldest girls have a significant role in family. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have three older brothers. Um, so three older brothers than me, I think I was a bit of a relief for my parents because they always, <laughs> they always say that they were like done after having three boys and I'm like, Oh, actually we, okay, we got this. We can, keep, <laughs> we can keep going. Uh, cause you know, girls are definitely, I, I have one daughter and she's so chill and sweet and easy. Like it's so different, I think with a little girl. Um, but it's just the best. My mom homeschooled us. Um, we, like, we grew up having just built in best friends. We're still best friends, you know, to this day, our family is really tight knit. Um, it's the, it's the best tribe. It's the best community you'll ever have. Um, we all like, I have, I don't even know how many nieces and nephews I have. I think I have like 22, <laughs> something like that. Um, and so it just like keeps growing and getting bigger and better. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't know. It's the best. I, I I think it's one of the greatest gifts that I have been given to be part of a big family. Oh, I love yeah. that. I grew up. I grew up as an only child, and I had like a non-traditional upbringing, and I was always lonely. So I were, literally, I remember like praying on my knees, you know, quite a few times. Is a is a very little girl, and I'm like, God just, you know, I want a big family. I want lots of love. I want lots of noise. And, uh, and he delivered, <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> delivering. <laughs> and, you know, Abby, you know, Abby's incredible story. And I think at one point, you know, Abby probably thought she was done with one with Grace, her oldest daughter. And I did, yeah, I Ooh. only wanted one. Well, I was an only child. So um, I was like, yeah, I just want one. Like I, I was an only child. I was actually happy being an only child because, um, I was like an attention hog. So I was like, yeah, like I have my parents' attention all the time, you know, and, um, not surprising, uh, to people who know me. And then, um, and then, you know, I had, and then I had grace and I was like, yeah, like, cool. You know, only child. But then, after I left Planned Parenthood, I just, I don't know. It was just like, God was like, no, like you're going to have a bunch of kids. And actually what was crazy was that I was like in church one day and like people thought I was crazy, but like I was in church one day, I just had grace. And, um, it was like, I, <laughs> I heard the Lord say to me, you're going to have eight children. And story. Really? Yeah. Like I heard the Lord say to me, like, you're going to have eight children. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I can't imagine going from one and being like, wait, you want me to have what? Like, 
that was Satan in my ear. Like I, <laughs> that was the I don't think that was right. That was not the Lord. That was not the Lord. <laughs> and, um, but like it was so clear. Like it was like you're gonna have eight children, and I was like, no, there's no way. Like that's not right. And um, but then like, but I like immediately like in my heart I was like. I just had this like longing for more children and um, that I had not had before. And so then we had Alex and then as soon as I had, I'm not even kidding. Like when I, like after I had Alex, like when I was still in the hospital after having him, I I told Doug, I was like, I want to have another one. Like I'm ready to have another one. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, like I, like as soon as we can, like I want to have, I want to have another one. And so like when we went back for my like postpartum checkup, I was already pregnant. And so Doug, Doug wow. that one. Yeah. So I, I literally cannot imagine that. <laughs> yeah. And so like I was already pregnant. And so like Luke and Alex are like not even 11 months apart. And so um that's intense. Yeah, and then that prepped you you for your twin girls later on. (laughs) Yeah, so then I had Luke and Alex, and then um, and then we got pregnant again uh, with Carter, and Carter and Luke are um, let's see, they are fourteen months apart. So I had like had three babies in like three years. So, yeah, and then, and then we adopted Jude six months after Carter was born, and so, yeah, then I had, so then we had four babies in the house in three and a half years, and so, then we had twin. Then, so then I was like, okay, we'll have one more, and then we went to Rome, and I was like, I knew it was like my fertile window when we went to Rome. So we were like praying and it was, it was during mother Teresa's canonization. And we were like, okay, like everything is holy right now. Like this is going to be a good time, like for us to get pregnant, you know? And we were like in Rome, it's going to be great, you know? And so, um, and we were so sure that we bought a baptismal gown in Assisi while we were there. We were so sure that we can see. And so, we, we really knocked it out of the park and we came back. Um, that's when we found out we had twins. And so then we were like, okay, all right. So that's six and seven. And then, um, then we thought, okay, (laughs) like one more. And what was weird was that, like, I never felt like I was done. Like, I, people were like, okay, like, all right, like twins, <laughs> like you're done, Abby. Like, right? Like, you're done. And what was weird was that there was like still just this like longing in my heart. Like, I don't think I'm done. And people thought mm-hmm. I was nuts. I was like, I don't think I'm done. Like, I don't feel done. And, um, and, Everybody thought I was crazy. And then when I got pregnant again, after the twins, I was pregnant with another set of twins. 
And so I was like, okay, this is what my body does now. Like I just have twins. I, this is what I do. I shoot out too. Like I, it is like every time, you know, <laughs> but then like, and this was like weird to say, but like in my heart, I was like, this isn't right because like God told me that I was going to have eight and that like this would make nine children. And then during um, my pregnancy, I actually miscarried one of the twins. And, and so then I was like, Oh, I was like, okay, like I am going to have eight children, but I have like a child in heaven. And so um, then I was like, okay. And then after I had Fulton, I felt it was weird. Like right after I had him, like I was in the hospital and after I had him, like I just had this like peace come over me and I was like, our family's done. Like we're finished. And I didn't have this like longing anymore. I didn't have this like, oh, I gotta have, like gotta have another one. Like, and I was like, okay, that's it. Like, like we have a saint in heaven and like we have eight children on earth and like we're done. And I just felt like this overwhelming peace come over me. And that was it. Wow. That's it was, amazing. It's crazy. And yeah. And then it's I amazing. got computers taken out and now we're officially done. <laughs> no, <definitely. laughs> the business is closed. Yeah. The factory is wow. and That's I met, amazing. It was funny. We went down to Miami and I met these, these guys who apparently don't care if you're married. Um, cause I was like, I'm married. And he's like, okay. Um, <laughs> and he's like, and I told him I had eight kids and he's like, Oh, you're a machine. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I think he liked that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. He was like, he was like, I'm sure. she's good at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but, Oh my god! It's a very like American thing to think that like big families are are great. Like in a lot of other places, they're 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 like almost venerated. You know, when you have a big family, yeah, it's something you want. Like that, you know. But like in America, it's like like yeah, it's like what's wrong with you? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's wild. But that's amazing. Like, what was it like? Like, did like how? I mean, like you're. I mean, like you're young, so. I mean, I know like when I go to the store and like people look at us, they like look at me like, yeah, don't, you know, like, don't you know what causes that? You know, like what, I mean, did your mom get a lot of that? Like when you were growing up? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and I have a sister who's, who's pregnant with her sixth right now and she's 27, 27, 28. So she, she could have, I don't know, you know, who knows how many more. Yeah. Um, so she gets a ton of that, especially. And it's like, well, you're, you know, your mom had all of these kids, like she didn't teach you anything. Yeah. <laughs> My sister's like, this is, you know, God's giving me kids. I'm thankful. I have like a beautiful family of healthy children. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> this is a gift. <laughs> so, I mean, I think everybody, uh, people are always curious about things that they don't understand. And big families are certainly things, something that like a lot of people just don't understand anymore. And, and there's a, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the curiosity, right? It's, it, it's the kind of um, 
I don't know, it's like the shaming. There's almost like a shaming that that people feel entitled to to bestow on big families, which is weird. But then at the same time, like people are very jealous of it. You know, they're like, there's a, there's, there's kind of a like, oh, it must have been amazing to grow up with all those siblings. Well, yeah, but like you have to, to grow up with all those siblings that my mom had to have all of those kids, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I've never met anybody. Like I meet people all the time who are like, you know, they'll say, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I have eight kids. And they're like, oh, wow. And then people will say all the time to me, women will say, I wish I, I would have had more kids. Like I've never met a woman who says, I had a lot of kids. I wish I wouldn't have had all those kids. All the time, people, women will come up to me and say, you know, I only had two or only had one or I only had three. Like, I wish I would have had more. All the time. I mean, like on a weekly basis, women will come up to me and say that. I've never, ever in my life had a woman come up to me and say, I had a lot of kids. I wish I wouldn't have had so many. <laughs> that never happens, you know? I can distinctly remember my mom asking somebody who was like, oh my gosh, that's, you know, like whatever, number nine or like, that's just a lot. And she's like, well, which one of them would you suggest that I return or get rid of? <laughs> and it was just like the most like, uh, well, I guess like none of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I love those witty comebacks. You have to have them. You have to be ready, you know? And, and, you know, on the flip side, so you and your husband, Benny, have this beautiful, sweet baby girl, Eloise. She is just sweet as pie when I've seen some of her photos and, and videos, you know, looking um, at your social media. And as we, before we went live, we were talking about her and you said, did she just turn one? She, yeah, she just turned one a couple weeks ago. Oh my goodness. What a little sweetheart. And so, you know, on the flip side of this, and I, I'm sure you, you and your husband get this, do you get all the time? So when are you having, when are you having your next one? Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. Like, like on both ends of not respecting somebody's privacy if, if and when they're growing their family. Um, and, oh, but, but what's the next one coming? Like, let us know. We want to get it on our calendar, you know? Yeah. It's our business. <laughs> well, people would ask us that all the time before we had Eloise too. And um, like, we were open, like we've always been open to having kids since we got married. And uh, it just, it took us, you know, God sent her when he sent her. <laughs> it, it wasn't, we, um, you know, I've never been on birth control. We've never like tried to not have kids. And it, he sent her when he sent her. And um, it was always like, just kind of, like a dagger and be like, oh, well, you come from a big family. Like, aren't you going to have a big family? And I'm like, I'm waiting. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, to know what we're doing, what we're not doing. Right. Like, so whenever God decides that it's time. And then when I did get pregnant, somebody was like, oh, you picked a terrible time to get pregnant. You're going to be like, her birthday's July. They're like, you're going to be pregnant in the middle of the summer. Like, that's terrible. Why would you do that? And I'm like, what? What are you talking? Oh, Why would I do that? <laughs> some of the, I know, like some of the, and like, especially like during my pregnancies, when people would say certain things to me, depending upon the hour or mood swing I was in, <laughs> would be like, 
and, and my husband or kids could tell like, oh my God, she's going to blow. She's going to say, <laughs> like, because it's, it's just, what, what are people thinking? But it is, it happens. These insane yeah. comments and questions. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, I think I try, I always assume that people are coming from a good place. Um, it's just like, maybe just keep your mouth shut, you know? We just don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> so funny like, think, would you want to be asked this? I know. Okay. Like, I know. The funny story yeah. about Eloise, like, so when we were at Turning Point at the Young Women's Leadership Summit, so she was on stage and, okay, so remember when she was, like, sitting at the podium and she was, like, yeah. messing with the, like, the wires or whatever, like, for the mics? Okay, so she was sitting there and I was backstage and it yes. was so, so funny because to watch the, um, like the guys back there and because they <laughs> were stressing out. Oh my <laughs> gosh. He's like, she's like, like oh. with the wires, like the microphone wires oh, and stuff. yeah, yeah. <laughs> them up and like baby in the mouth and like oh <laughs> sorry mosaic oh my god overhead and all this like play with it. and they're like oh, oh my gosh the whole production oh. i'm definitely kind of a like free range parent i'm like you know yeah. just figure it out like go explore it's cool <laughs> she unplugs the mic it's fine like it's what you know they were just like they were like oh she's so cute oh wait don't do that oh, wait. <laughs> Oh, no, wait. oh gosh. <laughs> so funny. I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. But like, no, they were not gonna like run out there and be like, okay, don't let her do that, you know. <laughs> Bless them. Oh my gosh. They're, they're such nice people too. The mosaic team is like the yeah. there's like just the sweetest people. So and it I hope was I like, cause them too much stress. Women on the team. So she would do something really cute, and they'd be like, "Oh!" And they'd be like, "Oh, wait!" Have <laughs> someone on standby. We might. Do you about to knock the podium down? Hold on. <laughs> I was worried about that actually. Ben was like, "She's fine. She's fine." I was like, "If she pulls this thing down on herself, this is going to go from cute to to bad real fast." She's, she's making her stage debuts oh already. My gosh. So oh, and she loves it too. Like she knows that she's meant for the stage. She's just like, oh, yeah. she goes out waving at everybody. Yeah, like, she was so cute. She was it up. It was so cute. Oh, yeah. I love it. They well, were they were sure that she was going to be scared by like people clapping and all the noise. No, you loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I got this. I got this. Now, so I know you and your family are always so busy with, with events like this, but you also, um, and I'm not sure how recent it is, but you just somewhat recently had a, a move. You guys just moved to Florida, right? Yeah, it's like three weeks ago. Oh, so it is. Okay. It is very recent. Yeah, really recent. Uh, we, we moved here uh, the, the middle of July, and then um, like the Turning Point SAS event was actually just up the street in Tampa the next, like, the next weekend. Um, after we moved, so we've been like in in recovery mode for the last couple of weeks, just trying to like. I mean, the house you can probably hear sounds echoey because I still don't really have any furniture. <laughs> like we're just trying to get moved in still, but yeah, we lived in DC for. Um, I was there for like fifteen years. I went to college in Arlington, Virginia, so I moved there when I was like eighteen, nineteen. I've been and I. I 
I'm 33, so I think it's like 15 years. Uh, and Ben was there for like 12 years. So very much like leaving home where we spent our adult lives. But- um, So what prompted the move? Eloise, really, like we, you know, just kind of looking around and, and realizing this is not where we want to raise her. We don't want this to be the environment she's raised in. Um, we loved our, our, our neighborhood, like the people in our neighborhood were, were great, but the environment overall is just not what we wanted for her. Um, and, you know, Florida had a lot of benefits to it, but as much as anything, it's just like a really warm place, like nice place. People are so friendly and, and kind here. And that was such a shift from DC. Um, so yeah. We, it's, the, it's the South. I, Abby's been a Texan. Um, I lived in Pennsylvania for the majority of my life. I've been in North Carolina for three years now. And I'm telling you Southern hospitality, it's, it's a legit thing. Like the Southerners, it, I just know how to do it. I, I, that's so true. And I it's, a, it's like a contended issue if Florida is the South. Yes. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think at least where we are, feels very Southern, so. Right, you well, know. Good. well, and I think right now, all three of our states, Texas, North Carolina, and Florida, I think they're three of the most popular states that people are moving to or want to be in, to be quite honest. Well, and you guys have a great governor. So yes, I was going to say, I mean, just, a lot of people are going there, truly, yeah. due to the governor and, and what the state is not enforcing and, and all about and the freedoms and so forth. Yeah, yeah. That that was definitely a big part of our consideration. And, um, you know, you, you don't want to like make a life change based on one person, but it was it was like watching Florida embrace it, like watching Floridians be like all about liberty and freedom and like their own ability to make decisions for themselves and their families. So, you know, while the governor kind of sets the stage for it, watching everybody like be fully on board and invested in that same vision is really what brought us here like that the kind of community that 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 was willing to go along with that um is a well that's a been florida for a long time so it's you know it's not just like oh desantis did this like that's been florida for a long time it's like the same with texas like you know this is like texas culture right like land of the free sort of you know like yeah you know and so it doesn't matter like who's the governor or like i mean it's just that's like texas culture you know so right um and so i think it's you know it just sort of sets the stage for the type of people that are there and the type of freedoms that yeah. are going to be there and, you know, liberty and, and all that kind of stuff that's in. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people, you know, moving to the, you know, these Southern States because of that. And, you know, people really fleeing um, mm -hmm. from these more Northern States or like the West coast and, 
I always joke. I mean, like I go up north and do speaking stuff or like I go to California and I'm like, you're all free to come to Texas as long as you vote the right way. Like, <laughs> and you can't, so many people have been like, oh, you're coming from DC. Like don't bring your politics here. We're not those DC. <laughs> That's why we're leaving DC. Yeah. <laughs> Oh well, I mean, I mean, even people who are Democrats, though, because um, Tampa is very purple leaning blue. Yeah. And um, e but even like people we've met who are not, you know, rep like Republicans, they're still con like they're more conservative than what I mean, DC is full of like actual socialists right. or, or communists. So, um, you know, they, they might be Democrats, but they are like freedom-loving, liberty-seeking, individual rights people. And um, that's refreshing. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of that, I think it's a good segue. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, what is it like? You know, when I, I watched some clips of, of you and your husband when you were on stage together and speaking and, um, What's it like to be side by side, you know, doing that political advocacy and um, just preaching about your beliefs? And, and because it's not just political, it's it's about your morals and it's about your beliefs. And I love how, you know, even when they had you on stage and you guys were taking questions from the audience, it, your politics, or I should say, well, I guess it goes both ways. You, you know, your morals and beliefs just naturally ooze into that. And that's just it, who you guys are and what you believe. So what's that like with, with you guys? Um, do it, do you, would you like to do a lot more events together like that and, and speak together? Um, well, my husband is really, um, he's like, he's like larger than life in so many ways, but he really does believe in, that culture is upstream from politics, right? Like politics follows culture. And if you want to change the narrative of what's going on in politics, you have to change the narrative and what's going on in culture. And right now culture says that families are bad, that um, like part of my, part of my thing is that like, m you know, families are bad. Motherhood destroys you as a woman. Um, being a father is, is, is a, you know, is a, a prison. Um, it's like terrible to have a family. Marriage is oppressive. Uh, you'll never have a great life if you're, you know, married and have kids and you know, you're, you're going to like live this sad, miserable existence. And he, like, he's been passionate for a long time about rejecting that narrative. Like that is not true. That is not the case. And, you know, we, studies show it, you can, you know, you can pull whatever, but I think the best way to do it is to live it, to like show people. And, um, it's kind of been a kind of hard decision, honestly, to like decide to put your family out there because obviously we get attacked and we get critiqued and <laughs> every little thing is kind of, you know, picked apart and pulled apart. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's really important that we, we show people, you know, like this is life, this is living. When, when you are, when you are in 90, you are not going to look back and be like, Oh, I wish I was more lonely. Ooh, I, you know, that was a really bad, that was a great decision to not have anybody in my life that I can, you know, count on whatever. Um, you, you're going to wish that you had more of that. So uh, that's, 
that's where we're going with it. <laughs> and, um, you know, we just kind of keep walking through the doors that God's opening for us in, in that arena in that way. Uh, so, you know, we'll see where it goes, but I think, you know, live, live boldly. The righteous are bold as lions. So we have nothing to be, uh, we have nothing to be scared of. People can say what they're going to say and do, you know, whatever. <laughs> but our, our heart is to show people that, especially younger people, like there is, there is not just freedom in living a, a traditional kind of lifestyle. There is so much joy and happiness. And if you are seeking something, follow the plan that God created, follow the design God created, and you will have a much happier life. Yes. I love that. I love that. Um, any crazy we're having to say that kind of stuff? I mean, <laughs> it's like crazy to me. I mean, you know, I was doing my podcast the other day and I, you know, I know there was like something that had come up about, I was talking about on my, on my podcast about like pornography and the conservative movements. And I know you and Benny had talked about it. And I was just like, why am I even having to say this? Like, why, why am I having to say that conservatives should not be consuming or promoting pornography? Like what, why am I even having, why am I even having to say this kind of stuff? Like, right. Like, why, why are we here? <laughs> like, let's think about this. Like, let, let's think about what the conservative movement, like how it was started, why it was started, what the conservative movement is about. Like, think, like, think about it. And it, it's crazy to me, like, you know, even, you know, I, and I was talking about this too, like, you know, Bruce Jenner was, like people were, you know, taking photos with him, like as if he was like the new conservative, like darling, you know, of, of the conservative party, the conservative movement. And I'm like, the dude dresses like a woman that automatically disqualifies him from being a conservative. Like, think about it, guys. Like, what is the conservative? What are conservative values? They are traditional values. Like, why is this so hard for people to understand and it's yeah. like we are trying so hard to include everyone that we are becoming liberals it's it yes and it's everything this this agenda everything's being pushed upon us um to accept it's all about acceptance it's all about love it's all about normalizing and if you're not accepting of it if you're not in favor of it you know, you're racist, you're, you're not Christian, like you're not loving mm -hmm. if you're not for something that, that we are hateful. And I'm like, no, I'm a Christian. <laughs> like, no, I'm not hating people. I'm a Christian. I have values. I have morals. And actually it's loving for me to tell someone that they are, that they are doing something that's against God. Like it's loving for me to step alongside someone and say, look, I believe that what you're doing is wrong. And let me walk alongside you and try to like minister to you. Right. Yeah. Like let's try to make your life right with God. It, I mean, I just don't understand like why we're even having to say some of the things that we're saying in the conservative movement today. And that's what's like really frustrating for me. Yes. I, mean, I think things that are interesting about people like Bruce Jenner is like, he has six kids. So, you know, if you're, 
60, whatever, I don't know. Um, you have six kids, like you had an opportunity to have a family and like, to, you know, to do this. You're like preaching though, like part of your platform is to take away that ability from young people. I mean, like to say to like little to prepubescent kids that, you know, you shouldn't, you should never be able to have that opportunity. Like that is a really, I don't know. I mean, it's really nefarious. It's really, it's really bad. It's, it's dangerous. I haven't really like fully like formed my thoughts on this, but I like to say that you think like you had that chance. Yeah. Why, why are you saying that somebody else shouldn't like, do you love your children? Like, why do you think other people shouldn't be allowed to have kids? I don't you know, know, it's just an interesting thing. Like, and I, I actually, I was like thinking, I was talking to my husband about this and like, Brittany, you're so right. Like Brittany commented, like, this is why Jesus causes people to be different from the norm. Like we are called to be different as Christians. We're not called to be the same. We're not called to be of the world. And, you know, I was thinking the other day, I was thinking about, I was like on a rant in the car with my husband. He's probably like, but um, I was like on a rant the other day. So I have this friend named Katie Faust, who's amazing. We need to have her on one morning, Reagan. Um, she has this organization called Them Before Us. And she actually just had a book come out called Them Before Us. And it, it's all about like putting our children before us, right? And and I, I was like talking to Doug about this and and because I was talking about her book and and all this, and I was saying, you know, and I, I was I was actually talking about, I don't know if you know this, but remember the story about Elizabeth Smart? Sorry. Mm -hmm. She was like kidnapped from her bedroom yeah. and she was like, forced to live with, you know, those weirdos for like nine months or whatever. Okay. So did you know that her dad came out as a homosexual? No, no. Yeah. Okay. Weren't they like Mormons or? Yes. Okay. They were like Mormons. They were married for like a gazillion years. Um, they have like six children. Okay. And devastated their family. I mean, absolutely devastated their family. He comes out as gay. The man's old. Okay. I mean, he's old. Comes I mean, out as gay. Yeah, he's gotta be in his sixties. At, at least. Um and comes out as gay, devastates their family, devastates his wife, of course files for divorce. And I was telling Doug, why would you do that? Like, what, why would you ruin your family? At any point. Like for your own sexual pleasure, you would ruin your family. You would like, you know what? Maybe retire that thing. Okay. Like you're in your sixties or seventies, you know, just retire it. Okay, it's not worth it. Your sexual pleasure is not worth ruining your family. It is not worth ruining the lives of your children. It's not worth ruining your marriage. Your happiness, this search for happiness or enlightenment or whatever is not worth ruining the lives of your children and your family and what you signed up for when you got married to your wife 
45 years ago. It's not worth it. But this is what we're doing in our society today. We are like, it's all about me, 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 right? Yeah. And we the are weird thing is, is that if he left for like a 20 year old woman or something, like yeah. society would be like, wow, what's wrong with you? Like, why would you ruin your family for that? But like, yeah, like it's like we're, we're not supposed to to say that because he's gay. Exactly. Like, like it's it's like brave and bold and I don't you know pick your adjective if you're doing it if you're ruining your family, um, you know for an agenda I guess. Yeah, like if you're ruining your family to be gay, it's brave. But if you're ruining your family to have a midlife crisis and have a you know twenty year old girlfriend, it's selfish. No. It's all selfish. It's the same thing. All yeah. Selfish. Yeah. And, and I'm so tired of us not calling it what it is. It's all selfish. It's it's all about me, me, me. And we have got to start thinking about our children and our families before we think about ourselves. You know, when you make a commitment to to have children, you have to think about them before anything else. And, and you know what he actually said? This smart guy who's not very smart. He actually said, coming out as gay was harder than losing Elizabeth and having her kidnapped. Mm. That's what he said. How devastating must that be for her? You know, I, I think, and again. Oh my goodness. Out. Kate and I are just learning about this. I, I have not seen or, or heard this, but I think this example, Abby, is one of millions of how strong the spiritual warfare, how strong the attacks are right now from, from Satan. And it is, everything is coming back to selfishness and no one's thinking about any loyalty or obedience to God. Which, when you put, when you put, if you put that at your forefront, that's why they say if you put God first, your marriage, your parenting, your work, your go everything else lines up as it should be. Right. But when we think we're, we're living in this so sick and evil world, so many parts of it, and again, it comes down to this. It comes down to selfishness and. And again, everything around us is, it, it's, you know, so often my husband asks me why some of these things bother me. Uh, and I'm like, I'm going to be 38. I feel so rooted in Christ and I feel so blessed to, to already know that I feel like I'm, I can't be wavered at this point. But I said, our children, it, it's becoming so normalized that they can be swayed and that's why it irates me it's why all these things that we're being pushed to accept and pushed to explore and we have celebrities coming out i'm no longer a boy or a girl i'm a, i'm a they he's like why does that bother you why, why does that bother me because now i have to explain to my 11 year old son but she's not a girl anymore she's a they I don't, I don't even know where to go with that. Yeah, no, what does that even mean? She is confused. She is a woman. She, do you know what I mean? And it's outrageous to me, and I refuse to accept it. Like, I it, is disordered. it is disordered. It is disordered thinking. It is not healthy. 
And now people are displaying their disorders out in the open. Because like Kate said a few minutes ago, we're supposed to praise it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's on this trend right now that it's bold and courageous and I'm freeing myself and I'm, and you're racist and hateful if you don't accept it or you don't praise it. And yeah. that is what it is like this snowball that is getting bigger and bigger. And now our young, innocent children who are hearing of this and seeing this, wait, that's normal. Well, maybe I'm not a girl. Maybe I'm not a boy. Maybe I'm supposed to be. But that's the point. I mean, like on a spiritual warfare side, that's the point is that, that you you break in and you start to degradate the, the, the truth that God placed inside of you, right? And then it's, you know, putting layers between you and God, putting layers between you and your creator of like confusion and, and disillusion and, and making sure that you are so far removed from your creator that you have a, you don't know how to get back. And I think that's so much of the point of all of this. Mm -hmm. And when you kind of view it through that lens and like, I think remember that these aren't, you're not battling flesh and blood. You're not battling that person who's so traumatized and confused and, and disillusioned that you're battling a spiritual warfare, spiritual battle. Like it just, you know, it, it makes you realize that your your solution is to pray for them. Like God has to intervene and we have to be, I mean, God, we need an awakening. God has got to show his, his, his strength and his true self, right? Like nature itself cries out to God, the creator. And the more we did, you know, the more we say otherwise, it's just a spiritual battle. It really is. Oh my goodness. Speaking of a battle, um, we wanted to talk with you because you are sort of a, we're switching gears here. So speaking of a battle though, um, you are sort of a, like a, a you know, f fitness oh, yeah. health person. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and we've been encouraging people, you know, to really get their, get their bodies like, you know, in check, right. There's yep. you know, the illness going around and, and, you know, we've been, you know, take your, take your supplements, take your vitamins, you know, um, get, get your workout on, you know, <laughs> do what you need to do. I've, you know, I've been, I've told everybody, you know, all of our people, like I've been on this fitness journey, you know, I've lost like 40 pounds and I've been encouraging people to do the same, you know? And so, um, and you know, it's not easy. It's not, I mean, it, it's not easy to lose weight if you're overweight, but you know, I've done it. You can do it. It's a struggle, but you know, you can do it. And so, and you know, I, especially, especially if you have a lot of kids, it's, you know, that mommy weight sort of sticks to you after you've had a bunch of kids. But um, I've started doing, uh, you know, what helped me sort of get over, I had done like keto for a while and did some other things. And, and then, you know, you sort of get stuck at like a plateau, mm -hmm. you know, you do things for a while and you sort of get stuck and you get stuck and you get stuck. But then what really worked for me, I got into the gym, but then what really works for me um, to sort of kickstart things. And what was really easy for me 
was intermittent fasting. I started doing doing that. And uh, I really loved that. That was really great. I, I'm still doing that. Um, plus, it sort of helped with like, you know, like not having heartburn and, you know, just not eating late at night and, you know, things like that. So anyway, tell us like, you know, what are what are some of your recommendations? Like what are, you know, things that you encourage, you know, moms, even like after having a baby, you know, those that postpartum time can be sort of tough to get motivated. Um, you know, what are some some tips and things that you encourage people people to do? Yeah, so I we often have the conversation about weight and the focus is always is like so heavily on weight. Like what does the scale say? But we very rarely have a conversation about lifestyle and what you're describing is lifestyle changes. Like why did you lose weight? Not because of a diet, but because you change your lifestyle. Right. And when you and when you realize that weight is just a byproduct of lifestyle, like weight becomes a whole lot less significant. Um like for me personally, I, I have aesthetic goals. Like I like lifting weights. Like that's something that, that I enjoy. Not everybody does. And like there, you know, th there's no problem with, with that. <laughs> um, but there is a problem with living a lifestyle that, that fuels and kind of feeds disease and, and destroys your body. So instead of focusing on like, what do you weigh and what's the number on the scale? I always try to focus people on what does your lifestyle look like? Like, are you moving every day? I don't care how you do it. Like walk around the house, walk up and down the stairs. If you have eight little kids, you probably move so much during the day. Like, I don't know if you wear a fitness tracker, but if you did, you probably move like 20,000 steps a day. Um, but maybe you don't have eight little kids and maybe your kids are teenagers and you're not chasing little ones anymore. You know, so it just depends on kind of where you are in life and what life looks like for you right now. Um, but however you do it, like find time to move your body. We're a very sedentary culture by and large. Um, so get out in the sunshine. You've got to get sunshine. Your body literally requires sunshine. So even if it's five minutes, um, in order to synthesize vitamin D and to, to fuel good gut health, you have to be out in the sunshine. It, it regulates your sleep schedule. Um, it literally produces hormones when you go outside. And um, so, you know, turn off with your phones or your TV or whatever, and just go outside, like stand outside in the sun. Mm -hmm. Focus on eating a diet. I always say like, eat what God made in the way he made it most of the time. That's the easiest thing that I can like distill diet things down into and then find a way that works for you. So you've got to like you experimented with different things. Um, I think keto's I think keto has some value in that that it sort of focuses people in that direction, like eat fresh fruits and vegetables, eat lean proteins. Um, but I think it 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 kind of overemphasizes the restrictiveness um, sometimes. I like intermittent fasting personally. Um, I, there's some research that suggests that people who are who are successful with long-term weight maintenance tend to naturally intermittent fast. Um, so I think kind of like just putting it in your head that that's how you're going to eat from now on can be a really good thing. And maybe for some people it doesn't work. Some people wake up and they have you know heartburn or whatever first thing in the morning um and they need to have a bowl of oatmeal or something like that so just play around and see what works for you 
I put, you know, I post on social media things that work for me and my family. We, I love making like platters. <laughs> um, we kind of like eat a variety in that way. That works for us. Maybe that doesn't work for you with eight kids. It's probably very difficult, actually. <laughs> no, actually, we love that. So, oh, really? We, yeah, like for us, you know, I love making, um, you know, what really works well for our family because my kids are snackers. They, they like to snack throughout the day. So, you know, we like to, I like to, you know, get like, um, the like natural beef sticks you can get them from like Costco, the really long ones, you know, mm -hmm. I cut them up into little pieces. I cut fresh fruit for them. I cut fresh vegetables. Um, I'll get like some ranch dip or some fruit dip or something. I'll make like a big platter for them. I'll put it on the table and they just come in all day, you know, and like snack on that, like healthy, healthy fruits and vegetables, healthy meats. I'll like roll up little salamis, you know, I'll put olives out for them. Um, and they just like snack on that, you know, all day. Um, you know, I'll put, you know, peanut butter and celery or something, you know, and I'll just make like big platters for them. And it's easier for me, actually. It's easier for me. People are like, oh, that takes up time for you. It does. It takes up time for me one time, right? right. <laughs> it takes up time for me at one time in the day. I make it in the morning. I set it out and they eat it all day long. Instead of them being like, mom, can you make me something? And then 30 minutes later, mom, I'm hungry. <laughs> 20 minutes later, mom, I need a snack, right? Like they just go and they eat off of that all day long. They can eat it for breakfast, breakfast snack. They can eat it for lunch snack. They need it for dinner snack. It's just out all day. And then, you know, we still feed them meals, but that's right. just, we still feed them. But, <laughs> don't, worry. don't worry. We give them food. But like, that's just their little snacks. I like that. Right. And, yeah. um, and it's just, it's so easy. And, and that's what, that's what we do. That's what we've done like all throughout the summer. And it's been, it's been so easy for them. And uh, yeah, and I mean, like, I'm, I'm with you. Like, we had to find something. Like, keto was great for like a jump start, like sort of get like a like a good amount of weight off, like in the beginning. But it wasn't something I could live with my mm -hmm. whole entire life. Yeah. You know? But it was something good to like jump start my metabolism, like get some weight off. But then I had to like, okay, what can I do for the rest of my life? And it wasn't a diet. I couldn't do a diet for the rest of my life. I was like, I have to be able to manage my carbs, right? And it was really about managing like portion size. And that was really what it was about for me because girl can eat, okay, like I can eat. So I had to really like manage my portion size and like eat more salad. Um, we actually bought one of those um, in-home garden things like where you can grow your own lettuce and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like the hydroponic yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. And so we eat a ton of salad now because we can just literally go in and like clip off our own, our own salad. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so that really changed our diet. Um, and you know, and yeah, just finding ways to work things in like that is, is that that's what it's all about. Like, like how can you make this work for your life? Like, your life looks different than Reagan's life. Like, right. it's it's not all going to be the same for everybody. And I think everybody's kind of like people want to know 
what exactly do I need to do and how exactly do I need to do it? But if I tell you exactly what I do, you'd be like, oh wait, <laughs> I can't, I can't do that because my life is different. <laughs> and, and that's not gonna, that's probably not gonna work for you. I have one kid, I don't have five kids. <laughs> so it's- about like travel? Because I know a lot of people ask like, travel is hard. How do I, like, how do I manage like, you know, eating healthy when I travel? Like you and Benny travel a lot. So like, talk to us about like, you know, making like wiser choices, like when you travel, like what are some tips there? Um, so I think it depends kind of on two things. Are you traveling like for vacation? Cause you're traveling for vacation. I'm a big believer in like, just go enjoy yourself. <laughs> like just have fun and go, you know, go do what, just chill. Um, but if you're traveling for work and it's like part of your life and you have to figure out how to work that into your life, um, just basic things that we do is always, like if you're getting a salad, always get cheese and dressings on the side. Doesn't mean you can't have it, but then you control your portion. Um, opt for things like if you're getting a hamburger or you're at a, like a hamburger place, just take the buns off, like try to reduce the excess, uh, the excess as much as possible. You know, um, we sometimes will, I'll travel with food. If I, if I'm not sure where I'm going or what I'm going to be doing, like if I'm going to be in the airport for a layover or something, I'll like throw hard boiled eggs into a bag, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, pack some kind bars or whatever, like things that I know are, are, are good options for me. Throw a couple yogurts in, um, you know, the Eloise can eat. So it, sometimes it is like a matter of pre-planning. Then when you're, when you're there, just stick to your foundational habits, right? The things that you would do at home, look for ways to kind of use the menu to your advantage and build it out um, in that way. And if you are, if you, some people are in periods where they're really, really being very diligent with calorie counting or with like retraining the way that they eat. In those cases, if you're gonna be like in a conference for a week, go to the grocery store, like buy some groceries, throw them in the little mini fridge and, you know, make your own stuff. Maybe pick like one meal a day to eat in a, in a restaurant or, um, but yeah, rely on like do what you would do at home, just transport it to the, to the hotel room. Um, those are things that have worked really well for us. It's not, it's, it's definitely harder when you're kind of out in the, <laughs> in the real world, in a, in a free form um, place, especially if you're doing like business dinners and things like that. But you can kind of just stick to those basic rules of like cheese and dressing. If you're getting a salad, you should probably like, I would recommend doing that anyway, whether you're traveling or not, just always get the cheese and dressing on the side. The, the, the portion sizes for that, that people will throw in is just, typically huge. I mean, it's way more than what you would pick for yourself normally. Right. Yeah. I think having like snack, like purse snacks is probably <laughs> always a good idea because I find like, if I don't have something on me, like I'll go and go and go. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm starving, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and then you're like grabbing for a bag of like, you know, like, I mean, bad choice. Cause I'm like, I want everything fried, you know, because then <laughs> my cravings take over, you know. And yeah, and you're st like, you're starving. A wise choice, you know. Then I'm like, I want fried pickles. I want fried okra. I want fried chicken, yeah, you know. And yeah. then it's like, I, you know, and then I make a a not wise choice. So because you're just really hungry, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I think having like 
a trail mix or like nuts or something like that in your purse is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I I love hard boiled eggs. So people like, I used to travel for work. Um, I just left my job when we moved here. Uh, but like my coworkers would always make fun of me because I would always have hard boiled eggs and an avocado. Yeah. In my bag. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're so weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I mean, so yeah. happy. <laughs> But like, I'll feel so much better than you will after you eat your bag of Doritos. So. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you'll have good energy. Yeah. You know. It is. And then, so for people who don't know, you are a registered nurse. So um, do you plan on going back, like getting into a hospital, being a registered nurse somewhere in Florida? So... Um, I plan on going back in some capacity. I, 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 I do plan to keep my license. Um, I wasn't really expecting to quit my job, <laughs> but when we when we moved, it just kind of ended up making the most sense. Um, it was really hard to manage. I was the director of, um, of my department and it was just a lot to manage that plus this move. So. I will be going back. I'm just not sure in what in what capacity. Um, my my previous job was like consulting for the VA, so I would travel to VAs all over the country, and and we would work on like process improvements, and um, so like bring the clinical side of nursing into how can we make this a better experience, more a safer experience um, for veterans when they come. Um, and then I'd work with the leadership of the VA in DC to implement that on a, a national level. So I haven't done bedside. Uh, I was a trauma ICU nurse before I went to that, um, but I haven't done bedside for like three years. So yes, I will go back in some capacity. I'm just not sure what it's gonna look like right now. Um, I might do something more like, more on the, the health promotion kind of wellness side. That's what I really love. I really love the um, preventative health side of things. I think it's just it's just kind of underserved. There's just not a lot of information out there on, you know, I always say like own your health because nobody tells people that your health is your responsibility. Like your health is yours. And and there are people who can help you along the way. But at the end of the day, it's it's up to you to do it. And people just don't get told that. And if, I think if they were, they like when people are told that, they're like, oh, wow, yeah, that's, that's, that sounds right. Like I have doctors who can help support me, but, but like it's my job. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've, I've found a lot of joy in, in kind of promoting that message and, and helping people understand that. And I think what you just, and it's such a beautiful way to close and you just hit the nail on the head when we talk about the lifestyle and the preventative, like, gosh, the majority of people wait until there's trauma, wait until there's the major illness. And then it's like, okay, give me the medicine. Give me like, what do I need to do? And right. so often all of us could have prevented that per our lifestyle choices, doing the preventative holistic, you yeah. know, options. And a lot of the times we don't want to hear that. I've been guilty of it my, myself because we're like, oh, that's just little, that's just basic. That's not going to help. But it does, it all adds up. And, um, and I just, you know, as I recently started following you, Kate, I just really, really enjoy 
how authentic you are and how not that you make it look simple, but all of your routine, whether you're going on your nightly walk with your husband and daughter, you know, at least 15 minutes out or, you know, if Eloise is down for a nap and you're doing like your workouts, like you just make it part of your life. Like you make it a non-negotiable. And so for anyone who is not yet following Kate, you can find her on Facebook or Instagram is nurse Kate Johnson. Um, I just, I, I love it. It's just inspiring. You know, it makes me want to not have as many as excuses as I can always come up with. <laughs> well, I, I think that's right. And I think especially for the, like, I, I kind of, I, I, I always hesitate to put out like, like, you know, bounce back stuff. Um, but the one thing that I wish I'd known before I became a mom was that having kids doesn't destroy you. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I, even though I watched my mom do it and I watched my sisters do it and like, it, it, like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and I, like, as much as I can, I just want to encourage other moms, like having kids literally only makes you better. Mm-hmm. in every way so like it doesn't destroy you and uh, you know it's it's a visual platform so I put out visual images of, of kind of you know bounce back um but it's so much more than that it's it's like it, you are optimized after you have a baby to to build and rebuild um and actually like build more muscle build be stronger you are optimized that's what the research says Right. So like stop embracing this lie that having kids destroys you. Yeah. Love that. I, this I, is what we're meant to do. This is what women are meant to do. Women are designed for this. Babies. Yes. This is what our bodies are meant to do. Yes. And, and and we do it well, right? Yeah. And, and it does it's it's not about like do you have do. Right. Like if you have a like ten extra who cares? Like whatever. That, nobody cares. That's not what this is about. It's not about like are you a size zero or whatever? It's a, you like on your insides are stronger than you were before you had a baby. Like nobody knows that, but that's what the research says. So. Well, and I think it's, it's, um, they will destroy your belly button sometimes. That is. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Look, and I, yeah. But isn't it cool? Like, isn't it cool just to think about, like I think about just, like I, I'm always amazed that like people can be atheists after having a baby, right? Like, cause isn't it cool that like that, like that, that just, just the function of the belly button, right? <laughs> like, that, like that, that is like what, what connected you like to your mother and like, and, like gave you like nutrients and all. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's just amazing to me. Like that, that intricate design, like that God, that, that that God created and that, you know, women were, were, you know, made to, to have babies and, and to grow them. And then just instinctively know, like our bodies know, like when to, to push them out, when to evict them. Right. And then, and then our bodies know, like to feed them. Right. <laughs> like I, I mean, How your body knew to grow, grow an entire organ. Yes. Like you like, grew a whole it. organ. Our like, bodies are, and our bodies can like, feel itself and like our bodies are so powerful and and but I think also our bodies are even more powerful 
whenever we have like a mind body spirit connection. And, and so I think it's important for people to, I think, you know, God is a, is our great healer. And, and so, you know, for anyone who's, who's watching that, you know, doesn't have that connection with Christ, um, you know, reach out and we can help you find that, that connection. Um, you know, we're big believers in, in getting in a, in a church body, um, you know, finding that connection with, with the local church, um, you know, all, all things are, I think that we're, our, our bodies sort of break if we don't have that, that triple connection and we don't work as optimally as we can if our mind, body, and spirit aren't working together, sort of that triple bond. And, um, and so, you know, we want you to know the love of Christ. And if you don't have that, if you don't have that knowledge, we want you to, to know what that is. And so always feel free to reach out and follow Kate. She can give you great tips for, for getting your body in shape and, and nutritional tips and, um, you know, take time to, to rest, take time to rest your body, take time to, um, you know, you don't always have to be go, go, go. Um, even the Lord took time to rest and you need to take time um, to rest yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Again, everybody can find her nurse, Kate Johnson. Look her up. Um, I can guarantee you will feel as inspired and motivated as Abby and I do. So. Yeah. Make sure you follow her. Thanks Thank for having you. me on. Thank you so much, Kate. All Thank right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at therealdealofparenting.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. Let's talk soon.